Ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon. Welcome on the Curtain News. My name is David Sariro, and I'm very, very happy to have today the wonderful and very talented Manan Angela McCluskey. How are you, Angela? I'm very well. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on the <laughs> phone today, knowing your extra busy schedule. <laughs> so we really, really appreciate your time. So um, let me tell you, Angela, your album, your music is absolutely first class. Your Thank voice you. is simply a, a God's gift, and uh, uh, the music you're creating around it is it is a mix of, you know, electro with retro, I think you're going to call it uh, retro-electro. Yes. <laughs> and, yes. Uh, and, and you add, we're going to talk about, that, about all of that, but also you, you add some, 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 some jazz, a touch of the uh, 20s a little bit, and maybe if you allow me a touch of soul music, I even feel at some point. And yes. all of that done in a, in a very classy and, and glamorous, um, uh, surroundings and, and quality. So, and the production is absolutely first class. So, congratulations, my dear. Thank congratulations. You. Thank you. So, for the very few people who don't know you, I'm sure there, there is one somewhere in the world. <laughs> uh, can you tell me a little bit about where you're from, where you grew up, and how did you arrive to uh, become a singer? Uh, well, I grew up in Scotland, which is um, part of the United Kingdom. Mm -hmm. um, I ended up in London, as we all do when you leave, you know, go to the big city. Yeah. <laughs> nah, then I ended up um, in Los Angeles, kind of by mistake for a week, but that's another long story. Um, mm -hmm. And 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 during a, a like a long summer in Hollywood, I started to write songs by complete accident with a friend who would sit beside me playing guitar, and um. After about eight or nine months, I had a club that I started every every Tuesday night called the Cafe Largo in Hollywood. And mm -hmm. after about nine months, we, we became like the band. We were called the World Colonials. Wow. Um, signed a record deal with Geffen. Um, and wow. then we made three records, toured the world for about, you know, between five and six years. I played with everybody, played for presidents, played for... I worked with everybody from Dr. John to Cindy Lauper to the Kings, Chris Isaacs, you know. I had a pretty yeah. amazing life, pretty amazing. And then um, I had a call from a French band called Telepop Music, who were just beginning mm -hmm. uh, the first record, and they were looking for one more song. And the guy had seen me play in, London, in New York, actually, called me up. I mm -hmm. went over to Paris to write one song, mm -hmm. uh, ended up writing you know, about 10, and they picked four, and the first song was called Breathe, which went, then became the Grammy-nominated Breathe wow. um, that it is today. And from that, I then went on to sign to <laughs> Blue Note and do my solo record with Nathan Larson. Wow. Uh, so Blue Note, for the people who don't know, is a very, <laughs> very totally unknown jazz record label, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, Blue Note. Very small, unknown. Yeah. No, nobody yeah. very... Few musicians have recorded with them, yes. like that. totally <laughs> unknown musicians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, um, and I did my solo record with them, which is uh -huh. one of my favorite records called "The Things We Do," and I recorded uh -huh. that in Sweden actually with um, Nina from the Cardigans' husband. His name is Nathan Larson, who's an amazing producer mm -hmm. out of New York. Um, and then you know, I now find myself um, 
in between that, I've worked with all the, you know, a lot of producer DJs like Morgan Page, Paul Oakenfold. At the moment, um, Big Gigantic, the next single with Cinematic Orchestra. So I'm pretty lucky. I managed yeah. to keep my head under under the the sort of radar, you know, because I'm not particularly interested in being some kind of famous pop star, to be honest. It doesn't appeal to me. <laughs> I'm more interested in just singing and writing and, you know, and if I can yeah. sneak out the back door, that's fantastic. Well, so. that's wonderful to see. Um, uh, so how would you describe yourself? Would you say you're a jazz singer originally? No, I wasn't any singer originally. I mean, I was just somebody who, like anybody, liked music. I wasn't, I didn't grow up thinking, oh my God, I'm going to be a singer. It was the last thing, actually, because yeah. growing up <laughs> in Scotland, everybody kind of can sing and it's it's a very competitive world. My my main objective was to either be a painter or an actress. I did both and wow. I did them pretty well. But the thing about me being Scottish is I like to be absolutely brilliant. If I'm not brilliant, I don't really get the point. So, you know, it can take you a few years to realize you're not brilliant. And and uh, I think what happened is um, I started to sing and it wasn't I thought it was brilliant. It just everybody else thought it was brilliant. So I was like, mm-hmm. well, that's good enough for me. Yeah. <laughs> so I, can, I, I continued. And, um, and to this day, they still think I'm pretty good. So I'm not going to, like, argue with them. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, don't argue with somebody who tells you good. That's you're good. for sure. That's <laughs> good law for life. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, one thing that I realized with you is your the variety of um, of um, uh, of your work. Uh, by example, you one day you can sing some uh, standards. The other day you can do you can work with DJs. Then you can write music. Then you can. Yeah, I am. I'm very lucky like that. I, that yeah, that's what your initial question was. I started uh, being a, a, a basically alternative, what they would call alternative rock, in the Amy Mann's sort of place, Sarah McLaughlin, uh-huh. um, but with a bit of a rockier edge, say Ten Thousand Maniacs. Um, but I, I think that was just because that's what the guy was playing. He was sitting there playing like guitar, and it just seemed like the music I was singing sounded like that. Um, and then I moved on to um, electronic because of telepop music. And that yeah. actually, the, the music I sing with telepop music was very jazz because it was all about the voice and all about mm-hmm. the voice having this beautiful, um, like, bed to, to sit in, you know. It was completely all about all, all this orchestra around the voice. Everything was about the voice. Whereas yeah. rock music, everything's about the guitar, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And the drum. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. and then when I did the things we do, that became a mixture because you know it was more of a soul record, I would say, soul mm-hmm. with a touch of jazz. And then we come back around to DJs, where again it's about the voice. So and it also tends to sound quite jazzy because your voice is up front. You've got to have the big hook. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's definitely not rock music and it's certainly not jazz, but it's definitely something that you have, your voice is the focal point, so. Yeah. yeah. No, no, I'm I, lucky, I, yeah, I'm lucky, I'm lucky. No, no, I, that's, uh, yeah. I absolutely agree with you. And um, uh, one thing I wanted to ask you is that I see, and, and, and actually I'm very happy of it because when I listen to your music, to your recordings and to your voice, I was, wow, that music would be perfect as a soundtrack for movies because your voice expresses some um, some memories. You know, I was thinking about this old girlfriend that I had, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> but we, I do a lot of music. 
I've yeah, done a lot of movies. I've done hundreds of movies. I've even yeah, got an this, album. This one I'm, uh, I read, I wanted to, to tell you about is uh, how did you arrive to write um, uh, music or, or have your, your, your own music or your own recording into uh, such a wonderful uh, um, uh, movies like even the, the TV series, The Boardwalk Empire or Nike, American Express, Mercedes. Uh, did they give you a car in exchange at least? No? <laughs> no, what, what, no. Obviously, oh, everybody, know, everybody, everybody they has should, a, they should. <laughs> you basically, it's the only, in fact, the only way a musician can make any money right now, the only yeah. way, there is only one way, and that is by doing what we call sync, where we would sync yeah. a song to a film, and even yeah. that's got to the point where it's like, well, you know, we'll get you exposure, so we, we can't afford to give you any money. So, I mean... 20 years ago, I was making a lot more money as a musician than I am now. Now I have Oh, to, like, I agree with you. Oh, yeah. You know, Tell me about that. I mean, now, yeah. I mean, now we have more opportunities to have our music played, you know, with, because if you look at it, uh, YouTube, um, you know, you, you can put your yeah, music... Yeah, but you, you have competition that's ridiculous. You have thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people. Yeah, I know, I know. Music, you know? You, so so now not, you can, it, it's pretty ironic because you can have your music being heard by millions of people, but yet you would make less money, uh, close to no money, uh, compared to 20 years ago when 10 people would listen to your music. Oh, yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean <laughs> so, telepop, music, telepop music have yeah, seven, it's, it's, eight, it's crazy, seven, eight million, seven or eight million people listening to the songs and on Spotify or Pandora and all these things. Yeah. And I literally, I, I don't remember the last time I made a penny. I go into a hotel or a bar or a restaurant. I hear Breathe everywhere at least twice a day. I hear this song. My yeah. Goodness, you know, and, and it, I don't know. You know, it's just that the music has become this worthless thing. I don't know how it happens. It's yeah, that's true. It's like air it's, now. It's, it's worthless. Like, it's like it's yeah. like. Well, why do you give us studios for free and and uh, art designers for free and set up our concerts for free? Yeah, yeah. I mean, how are we supposed to? How am I supposed to? Everybody's like, I love your music. I love your music. But they'll they they don't even think about buying the record. It wouldn't even cross their mind to buy the record. Yeah, it's I crazy. agree with you. And now there is a new and now there is a new currency that is called the visibility. You know, <laughs> that well, people, well, they used to call oh. it exposure. They yeah, used to and, call it exposure, and as my grandmother used to say, exposure kills you. Yeah. <laughs> that's you know, true. That, that's, that's the only true. thing. I, the last thing I need is exposure. You know, I have a Grammy. I mean, why do I need exposure? No, I, I agree it's with you. Like, right. It's like a joke. It's like they keep saying, "Oh, but you know, it's really good for you." I'm like, "Yeah." So the last twenty five movies I've done for five hundred dollars. Yeah, no, no, I, I agree with you, and and also. Uh, when people tell you, you know, oh, but you will perform that, so we cannot pay you, but you will get great exposure. So I'm like, when I pay my rent, I don't say to the, I, it's not yeah. secure, I don't pay them without exposure, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. everybody gets paid the the, well, the know, technicians and and the and the advertising and everything, but now the artist is like it's secondary, yeah. you know, it's a crazy world because we have access to music much easier than in the past. So. You know, for some well, reason. Uh, with you, I'm kind of like really fed up talking about it because it's kind of there's no answer. So I'd rather yeah, talk about positive things. And the positive things are, it, from that point of view, I get to make 
a record like this, I get to sign with a wonderful company called Riptide, who are actually a publishing company. Uh, mm -hmm. They've been absolutely incredible supporting me and helping in a way that, you know, the old days, the publishing company would give you the money and disappear. They would never be uh, relevant or, or in any way part of, you know, getting your music out there, to be honest. Um, yeah. Whereas this, this company here is full of like, really young guys, you know, they've already got me like three movies, you know, I've got the Woody Allen movie, then I've got a commercial for Chico's, uh -huh. and, and this is basically what's got the, the, the music out there, So and, and it's a publishing company, I, admittedly I had to sell, you know, half of my music, but what else am I going to do, you know, at least they're looking after me, whereas most most publishing companies, it's the same thing, will get you exposure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's, okay. that's the least. That that's the least that you that you deserve, my dear. Yeah. So let me now. So the the Roxy sure. Hotel. So this is a beautiful place that is in downtown Manhattan. Yeah. And I want you to tell me uh, how all of that came up. That a gig at the uh, Roxy Hotel, and also what are you going to perform there? Well, you just told everybody Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but what, what are you going to perform there? Oh, fabulous. Excellent. <laughs> you must come and see. Yeah. Um, well, basically, it's just one of those, um, it was one of those coincidences, coincidence, you know, um, where I, uh, where I, um, I did a pop-up show there um, because I fell in love with the room. The room reminded me of, like, one of those fabulous, uh, where, where maybe Bardo or Francois Hardy would be like singing in the 60s, you know, and like jumping mm -hmm. about the little skirts, being very ooh la la. And mm -hmm. I thought I have to do a show here and it had the beautiful sort of like yellow ceiling and everything about it just was like Paris and I'm obsessed with anything. I'm a bit of a Francophile. So we uh, did a show there and then after, uh, après and beginning to speak French here. And then after I thought maybe I should do, you know, um, another show here so the next show I did was um it was called the time warp where I would pick a movie from a different era like I picked 1920s and I picked a movie called the thin man and mm -hmm. I recreated the room you know like the bandstand the dancers uh -huh. all the tables around the 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 or you know the stage and I told everybody to dress up I gave them you know the movie and told them what to look like and it was incredible. Everybody turned up like I'd never seen it. It was December. It was snowing three feet deep outside. And every single person turned up dressed to the dimes in 1927. It was the most stunning thing you've ever seen. And there's wow. actually a video. There's a video um, that can be seen if you look up. It was in the Examiner. But um, uh, Joseph Giovanni has a YouTube channel and it should be on there. And it's called Time Warp. Anyway, we did this fabulous big show. And then... Afterwards, um, I was talking to all the people that run it, and they're all really young and hip and groovy, and they kind of want they want everything to be a bit more like alive downtown. You know, downtown New York needs a little injection. So, um, we just started talking about artists and residents that situation, and Lydia Lunch, who I'm a big fan of, and my friend Pam Hogg from London, the designer. Everybody happened to be in town at the same time, and it was just a crazy idea I had. I thought. Why don't we do an artist residency and we'll have Pam and Lydia and Lydia can do a spoken word and Pam can DJ and just be fun and I'll do a show. And it just all tumbled out of that. And the next thing you know, you know, we've set up a recording studio in an actual suite. We have um, all these special nights with all these different kind of artists and, and spoken words and music and photography. And, and it was just really exciting. So Wednesday night is the first night where I'm doing 
um, my own big party. And this is going to be the record release party, which I have written in the actual hotel, which wow. was inspired by my night doing the 20s night there um, and working with Bordeaux Empire um, and Paro Stellar, who's like the king of electro swing in, in, uh, in Europe. And I thought to myself, why don't I write original 20s songs instead of... Instead of everybody always does like samples of the old songs, you know, everybody who does that music, they all sample or use old songs. So we went into the rock stage, shot ourselves in there and wrote 10 songs in like four days. And it's called the Roxy Sessions. And that's, that's, that's what we're doing on Wednesday. We're going to be presenting those songs. And wow. I will have, you know, like a big band and I'll have like dancers um, doing the 20 stuff dressed to the nines in the Charleston outfit. Um, that, that that is absolutely wonderful, and I'm sure that all of our audience will be there on Wednesday at the Roxy Hotel to applaud you. And and before <laughs> that, so. the best thing to do is to buy your music and to buy your album uh, on iTunes and any other uh, platform that uh, yeah. where you can actually purchase the album and you don't need the internet connection to listen to yeah. it. So <laughs> so definitely. <laughs> So before we, we we say goodbye to you, what what is j- just tell me what is your um your future plans? What, what are you doing next after that? Um, I think what I'm gonna try and do is maybe um gonna maybe try and do like a pledge or a Kickstarter to raise money because I really love to tour. I was so used, to, you know, I've toured a lot with in my life yeah. with telepop music and more colonials and a bit of okay. Where would you like to tour? Well, everywhere, the whole world. You know, yeah, I is there a particular place where you want to to go? Well, if you have a new record, you you have to basically tour the record. You can't say I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go to Paris or go to London. I need to tour the record mm-hmm. in America, <clears throat> tour the record in Europe, and you know I'm I'm lucky. I was used to having um, a record label behind me, so all that stuff I wouldn't think about. But now, obviously, you know it's fine to put out your record yourself and have a publishing deal. Um, you know, either you get a commercial that maybe gives you some money and then you could use that to tour or whatever. But I think yeah. I'll do, that's why I love Kickstarter and Pledge. I'll do like raise some money to tour and then maybe do the West Coast, the East Coast, and then a little European tour because I have a little bit of a name in France and a little bit. Oh, more. yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm from Paris originally, so uh, we, we could have oh. done that interview in French as well, but... <laughs> so I was very happy when you said uh, Francois Hardy, when you said all these retro uh, music because now you we, there's a lot of a uh, you know the mixing old school and and electro music yeah 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 it's, it's a I they call it the French Paris. touch yeah. no <laughs> so, I met her in Paris and I was I was I really wanted to because I was on EMI in Paris with Telepop and I really really uh, wanted to to work with her and I met her and I was so shy I was just like oh, I would really love for you to sing with me and. She was like, oh, yes, of course, I would love to, you know, and I was like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> but of course, you know, life goes on and you get end up doing all this other nonsense. Yeah. Maybe that's all I would love to do before I die is record with Yeah, no, no, and, and when you go to Paris, please let me know, give me a call because my whole family would like to see you. You know, they will no, be also at the first you. row and, <laughs> and, and they would be in the streets selling your record, you know. Yeah. <laughs> But are you based in New York? Yeah, I'm based in New York now, but I, I was born and raised in Paris. So oh, I I this is why you, your music, you know, has actually 
is very reflected in it because you, in, uh, how can I say, in the modern era and also one put in, in the yes. new, I was yes. all of that surrounded in that, um, how can I call it, this European touch. So that would yes. be really, really. So ladies and gentlemen, we had the pleasure to have the one and only, the wonderful Angela <laughs> McCluskey that Thank we you. love so much here at the Celtic News. And uh, don't forget to buy her album, her new album. I have some uh, of my favorite songs, uh, Paris to Hollywood, Hit and Run, uh, Say Hello. Um, <laughs> also, You and Me, which uh, we are going to play right now at the end of this interview. My dear Angela, we are going to see you on Wednesday at the Rock Wonderful. in Manhattan. And we want you to know... How much I adore you and how oh, much thank you. the music and, and you're just a phenomenal performer and we need some Angela McCluskey everywhere, everywhere. <laughs> you, so we all will be oh, happy and the world will be better. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so, darling. So I look forward to seeing you on Wednesday. Me too, my dearest. Thank you so much you, and all darling. the best to you. All the best, okay, really. You take okay. care, dear. Au revoir. Au revoir. Yeah. Ciao. I wish I knew.